As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We've got a slew of injury updates on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy Football in 15 for Tuesday, October 13th. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper, DVR. Usually, when we get together on these Tuesday morning episodes, we have put that previous week fully behind us. That is not the case, however, for week five. We still have one more game ahead of us. Bills and Titans getting set to play their, I don't know if it's a makeup game, but I guess just a postponed game uh, from Sunday here to Tuesday. So happy that that game's able to go forward. How you doing on this Tuesday morning? Doing well. Yeah, definitely surprised to uh, have an NFL game on the slate tonight, but, uh, you know, better to have it than to not have it. We have some things uh, to uh, look at in this game really quickly. A.J. Brown is listed as questionable because of his knee injury. Tredavious White has a back injury. According to our Joe Buscalia, who put out his uh, active-inactive projections for this game on Sunday, he thinks Tredavious White is going to be inactive. So good news for A.J. Brown if he can get out there in this game. Uh, What are you watching for in this game, if anything, specifically? Really, it is just the health of Brown. Is he going to play his usual complement of snaps? Is he getting in and out of breaks quickly? Is he getting off the line the way he normally does? Uh, does he look in any way hobbled? I think we've talked about this before. You know, a bone bruise in your knee is the kind of injury that, even if it's not fully healed, you might be able to play, but you just might not be 100%. So that's probably the top storyline for me in this matchup. Yeah, uh, hopefully he's able to play. Um, they the, the Titans, you know, had been doing provisional practice reports if we practice today this is what this player would have been listed as and they said all week that A.J. Brown would have been listed as a limited participant in practice so hopefully that's a sign that he'll be able to go uh, in this game tonight and uh, if he is and gets no Tredavious White that would definitely ease the return path for him I look uh, at the other side of this game it feels like it could be another really good spot for the Buffalo receivers we have seen this team morph into we have to say it, a pass-first team. This is one of the pass-happiest teams in the league. They're using 10 personnel more than any team in the league, meaning one running back, zero tight ends, and four wide receivers. They've totally changed their ways with uh, the addition of Stephon Diggs and what that has uh, allowed to do for Josh Allen's game. And I think this could be another really good spot for Diggs 
and John Brown specifically, but really this entire passing game. So that's what I'm going to have my eye on. Uh, maybe one of the Titans receivers who has uh, got some additional opportunity with Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys both being on the COVID-19 list. That could open things up for someone like Khalif Raymond, and we'll have to see if he can take advantage of that opportunity. But I still just don't believe with what this team is and A.J. Brown coming back, Jenny Smith having emerged, Derrick Henry being the high-volume guy that he is. I don't think any Titans receiver that might emerge in the breach and fill in for uh, Corey Davis or Adam Humphreys is going to have enough volume and enough opportunity to really show up in the fantasy world, anything beyond maybe this week or, or the next two weeks. Um so we can move on from that game to the Week 6 action and a lot of injuries to update. First in Green Bay, let's talk about Devontae Adams here. Of course, the Packers coming off a of Week 5 bye. That means they did practice on Monday, and good news, Devontae Adams was active in that practice. He has missed the team's last two games because of a hamstring injury, but... By week now behind them, week six, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Devontae Adams already looking good to return for that game. The fact that he practiced on Monday, definitely a strong indication that he will return for the Packers. Obviously, he plays for fantasy owners, but what about the rest of these guys? Uh, does this? I, I think it curbs Aaron Jones' upside as a receiver a little bit, getting Devontae Adams back. But I think the more interesting two are Robert Tanyan and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Tanyan especially, Derek, obviously had the three-touchdown game with Devontae Adams out in week four. And with people looking for answers at the tight end position, Robert Tanyan quickly went from you know being 20, 30% rostered to now 70, 80% rostered. Got to worry a little bit about what his week in, week out upside is with the healthy Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, we saw Adams get hurt in that week two game against the Lions. In that game, Robert Tanyan had a 10% target share. If you look at the receivers, tight ends, and, and backs in the Packers offense, you know, Alan Lazard still being out leaves the door open for Tanyan to stay kind of in that 12 to 15 range among tight ends in his best weeks when he finds the end zone. He'll finish a little higher than that. Uh, but I do think Adams is obviously the top priority. He had a 41.5% target share back in week one against Minnesota, and they kind of spread the ball around between Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a then-healthy Lazard, and Aaron Jones, like you said. Jamal Williams even gets a little bit involved out of the backfield as a pass catcher as well. I mean, I think this offense can sustain three pass catchers consistently, even with Adams being the clear-cut number one guy. I think there are going to be shootouts occasionally where they get to that fourth guy and it's enough. But ultimately, I think it's Adams and then it's Jones and then it's kind of a 3A, 3B, 3C situation depending mm -hmm. on the matchups where you know Valdez-Scantling on certain matchups is going to pop up with small target volumes. But I think Tanyan's actually got the higher floor of those next wave options on the depth chart. I think he does too, and I think something else that's important to keep in mind is that his barrier for entry at his position is a much lower floor than what we see at the wide receiver position. So even if you think that Valdez Scantling has a higher floor, Tanyan is probably more fantasy viable because of the positions that these two guys play. Definitely something to keep in mind when we consider a likely return for Devontae Adams in week six. Christian McCaffrey eligible to return in week six. That is looking unlikely though. Remember, Panthers put a four to six week timetable on this injury, uh, on this ankle injury return for McCaffrey. Got hurt in week two. So week six seems a little bit ambitious for him. He is able to come back, come off of IR. Panthers host the Bears 
in week six. This is pretty simple, right? If McCaffrey plays for the Panthers, he plays for you. If he doesn't, Mike Davis plays for you. That really not all that interesting. What could be interesting, though, is a potential Mike Davis trade. Everyone knows the story with Mike Davis. He has been excellent since Christian McCaffrey has gone down with the injury. There is no reason to think he will be anything short of that so long as he remains the starter. But the moment that Christian McCaffrey returns, boom, just like that, Mike Davis's fantasy value goes up in smoke except for as a handcuff to Christian McCaffrey. So right now, what do you think a reasonable return is for Mike Davis in a trade knowing that it might just be one more game, maybe two at the max, before Christian McCaffrey's back? You know, you could try and, and pull something where you're getting a struggling wide receiver three type back, maybe a wide receiver two in the right circumstances, but that's probably the best case scenario. I think if you're looking at a challenge trade, running back for running back, could you take Mike Davis now, give up a week or two before Christian McCaffrey gets back and maybe flip him for someone we talked about on Monday's show, someone like Chase Edmonds, where yeah. you're sort of betting on the come, betting on the future being a bigger role for Chase Edmonds than it will be for Mike Davis. And I think that's the type of trade you're most likely to get done because most people in your league are going to realize that Mike Davis's role dries up considerably once McCaffrey comes back. They're not going to have a lot of two-back uh, situations on that team where Davis is getting heavily involved. Yeah, I think you're I think you're absolutely right about that and I think that would be a fun trade to try to to try to use, right? To try to bet on uh, and bet on Chase Edmonds taking a larger role in Arizona. I think the ideal situation if you are someone who has Mike Davis is to try to look at someone in your league who is 1 and 4. Maybe 2 and 3, although the 2 and 3 team probably doesn't feel super desperate. One and four, you really can't lose too many more games. And assuming Mike Davis does get at least one more start, which looks like he will, against the Bears on Sunday, Ed is a guy who should be considered a locked and loaded RB1. So definitely a one and four team could use Mike Davis, even if they know this is the only start they're going to get out of him. Two and four looks a whole lot better than one and five. Basically, no margin for error once you hit that one and five mark. So two and four uh, would definitely look a lot better. That's who I would look to if I was someone sitting on Mike Davis. One more injury I want to talk about here really quickly. This one coming out on Monday. Sammy Watkins expected to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. Same old Sammy Watkins, right, Derek? A big week one, and we really haven't seen much of him since, but he's still out there. He's still running routes. He's still getting snaps. He's still getting targets. Who ends up being the winner in Kansas City so long as Sammy Watkins is out? Yeah, I mean, you worry that it's not necessarily just one guy picking up all the slack. I think Mecole Hardman, because of his big play abilities, the first mm -hmm. guy that you hope to see get an upgrade. I think that's where my interest lies. If there's a shallow league where he's available, I'd pick him up and, and hope that more targets are going his way. He's been right around 15% of the targets at the high end the last couple of weeks. We haven't seen him get above that percentage just yet, as long as Kelsey and Hill are still healthy. They're obviously going to be the one and two there, but like we were talking about Green Bay, how many pass catchers can they sustain each week? This offense can probably sustain four if you're going to count the running back, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is part of this too. So I'm definitely interested in Hardman, maybe for tournaments and GPP considerations, Demarcus Robinson creeps up onto the radar a little bit more with Watkins out as well. Just got to think it's going to be Hardman the most just because of the big playability that he brings. Demarcus Robinson had his opportunity early in the season. I mean, you can go back to week one and remember those couple of ugly drops, both in the end zone, that he had against the Houston Texans. McCole Hardman, probably not the same sort of play-in, play-out contributor that Demarcus Robinson can be when you just compare size, skill set, that sort of thing. 
but he has that big playability. He brings another explosive element that is just a headache for defenses to account for, especially when they're already accounting for Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Holmes, what he does when he gets out of the pocket. So I would bet on McCole Hardman being the guy who would have the most added fantasy utility with Sammy Watkins out for a couple of weeks here because of a hamstring injury. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, Derek, a few more injuries to run through here. A.J. Green suffered a hamstring injury in the Bengals' 27-3 loss to the Ravens. No timetable has been set for his return. At this point, I mean, are we even interested in a return for A.J. Green, assuming it happens in Cincinnati? Right now, to me, it looks like this is someone who's only going to be back on the fantasy radar if he somehow gets traded out of Cincinnati before the NFL trade deadline. Yeah, I... I think even then it might take a couple of weeks for him to get fully up to speed with the hamstring being a problem. So if you haven't dropped A.J. Green already, I think it's time to do that in pretty much all formats. I mean, if you're playing in the Scott Fishbowl or maybe like a 16-team league with really deep benches, you can wait it out and just see what happens. But he's nowhere near a starting lineup right now. Sterling Shepard is expected to return to practice this week. He's missed the last couple of games for the Giants with a toe injury. A return to practice, especially early in the week, would signal a likely return to game action as well. Sterling Shepard, we know the story with him, in and out of the lineup his entire career with the Giants. The interesting guy here is Darius Slayton, and I don't think Sterling Shepard returning should dampen your enthusiasm for Darius Slayton, the only Giant who showed up in the loss to the Cowboys, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Eight catches, 129 yards on 11 targets uh, in that game. I guess that's unfair to Devontae Freeman. He played a decent game too. Point of this, though, is that Darius Slayton is looking like a giant that we might be able to trust week in and week out here. Yeah, and it makes me wonder too, is Golden Tate a name that we'll see on the move yet again? Like That Mm -hmm. could easily be uh, part of the plan for the Giants. They just don't have a need for all of those guys on the field together, especially with Evan Ingram still being there at tight end. So uh, I'm not lowering my expectations for Slayton, even with Shepard's return just around the corner. One more item in New York, and then we're going to wrap things up here. Sam Darnold with that shoulder injury. Uncertain for Week 6. Jets taking on the Dolphins, one of the many games that was shuffled around in Week 6. The real big news here, though, is with the two guys who are fantasy viable on this team, Jamison Crowder and Le'Veon Bell. And the good news for those guys, Derek, is that with Joe Flacco under center, Really didn't skip a beat for either of these guys. Uh, Jamison Crowder, 10 targets, caught 8 of them, 116 yards and a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell, remember this was his first game back from that hamstring injury that he has been out with since week one. It was a 30-10 to loss, so game script was an issue. 
He still gave you 60 yards on 13 carries, caught just one pass on one target, but ran 25 routes, played 46 snaps. Seems like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is here. Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell are guys who you can trust within reason, right? Jamison Crowder, maybe a wide receiver too. Le'Veon Bell, a running back too. But at least the quarterback doesn't really matter who it is. You can trust them in that way. Yeah, I mean, Crowder has exceeded expectations this year. I saw him as... You know, a good full PPR league, a guy that you'd maybe throw in as your wide receiver three most weeks. He's been better than that, and I think he is proving that the way he's used, the volume he's getting in that group of pass catchers is so consistent that he's easily in your lineup week in and week out, regardless of whether it's Flacco or Donald at this point. So hats off to him. He's playing really well in a bad situation. Really is incredible what he's been able to do on that team with that horrible offense. Double-digit targets in every game, at least seven catches in every game, at least 100 yards in every game, and two touchdowns. He did miss a couple of games, too, so he's done that in three games. Really a quiet success story in what has been a very loud failure with the Jets this season. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you're out there on iTunes, Spotify, anything like that. We really do appreciate it. It makes a big difference for us. So if you like what you're listening to, please give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening, and have a great day.